the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings, welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Nate Dunn. And I'm Ari Mantavre. Hey, welcome along, guys. Thank you very much for uh, for joining me. Now, Nate, let's start with you. Where do you fit into this world of technology? So many things. So many. Th- I was actually going to talk to you. I should get a medal for for appearances on the tech podcast, shouldn't I? Or a badge, lapel pin, something. Um, I own a software company, so we're a small company called Three Bit. We do zero work and a whole lot of other things. Zero uh, work. Zero I, work. I, <laughs> The way you're dressed today, I could actually yeah. believe that you don't do any work, Nate. <laughs> it's a it's a mix between zero the accounting system and oh. zero the level of work I actually do. Uh, I'm also Nate on Twitter, which seems to work quite well at IT conferences. So just Nate. But yeah, that's software development, and that's that's my job. Thanks, Nate. No worries. And Ari, you man? Yep, uh, founder of a tech company. So uh, tech startup. We deal with on-demand delivery. Uh, so we run a marketplace where users can basically order anything they want and they get it delivered over to them. Uh, so that's what I do, yeah. Lazy ass, right. Lazy we'll, ass, yes. we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat with you later on about lazy ass and, uh, and yeah, launching of that uh, um, startup and how it's all going. But uh, first up, uh, let's dive in. A few topics to start with that, uh, well, this, this first one is very much New Zealand related, late Last week, uh, while I was in uh, in California, I saw um, some communications through from Two Degrees saying that they have some fancy new mobile plans, and it's it's always interesting the um, the state of the mobile market in New Zealand because yeah, you know, for a long time we just had two players, and there wasn't there wasn't sort of heavy competition, no. certainly on a price front. Two degrees launched into the market, and they really did churn things up. And I think the average amount that people spent, um, you know, dropped considerably. Not that it hadn't dropped um, under telecom and Vodafone, because it had progressively come down, uh, but it, it, it dropped a lot further. Um, but we've had this sort of interesting mix where you've had Spark and Vodafone and Two Degrees. And then you've had uh, Spark with their um, uh, sort of their lower cost uh, brand being being Skinny Mobile and Skinny Direct, which has been making it, I guess, putting some pressure on on two degrees, and it sparks way of trying to minimise the impact of of two degrees in the market by having one which is a, a more a, being a somewhat higher priced. Uh, uh, brand and then Skinny as their their cut price sort of prepay uh, brand, and so I was curious after we had these new plans from Two Degrees, what was going to happen with Skinny? Now the standout new plans from uh, from Two Degrees, and these are the personal plans, is they've got a fifty five dollar a month plan, uh, which gives you unlimited calls and unlimited texts uh, across. New Zealand and uh, or two New Zealand and Australian uh, numbers, and then a, a and ten yeah ten gigs of data, and then for another fifteen dollars you can bump that up to give you uh, fifteen gigabytes of data, and that's carryover data. So if you don't use it, you you bank it, and you've got uh, you end up with a lot in your account over uh, over a period of time. Um, so really pretty good plans at the at the lower end, um, maybe not. Um, not so amazing, but they made some some adjustments to their uh, uh, their lower end plans at the thirty and and forty dollar um, price points as well. Um, but of course, Skinny did have to come in and sort of ruin, try and ruin the party a little bit. Uh, so uh, Skinny Direct have come in with a a plan for fifty New Zealand dollars that uh, gives you unlimited uh, New Zealand calling and ten gigs worth of data. Um, it's actually pretty competitive. When I when I was in the US, I looked at the, the prepaid deals there. Uh, I think there was one, uh, might have been uh, T-Mobile that were doing a plan for around uh, fifty US dollars that would give you ten gigs worth of data and unlimited um, calls and texts. Now a little bit more to it because that would actually allow you to roam into Canada uh, or Mexico without extra uh, charges. Um, so 
it's yeah, certainly a, a slight variance, but it makes a plan around fifty fifty five dollars in New Zealand uh, for calling and ten gigs worth of data seem uh, seem pretty fair actually, pretty pretty good. Uh, that said, they do have some unlimited um, data plans as well that aren't aren't a whole lot uh, aren't a whole lot more. What's your take on this, Nate? What sort of amount of data do you tend to use? Oh, I'm I'm using a stack load, but that's because uh, I do also have quite a bit of travel overseas too. So it would be in my mind, I, w- I would probably never swap away from Vodafone because of the f- the five dollar roaming is in essence me paying five dollars a day to to guarantee loyalty to Vodafone. I, th- I think the thing that Two Degrees really have is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we had data banking before Two Degrees came on the market. So all the other the IS, uh, not ISPs, the telcos would say, "Oh no, we added we've added that as a feature." When realistically, um, they had to because Two Degrees were doing it. Um, so I think we've got Two Degrees to thank for, and I think. 10 gig for rollover data. So if you if you only use 8 gig and next month you in essence get 12 and it continues on, um, it's, it's a really good deal. Like for 10 gig. I don't know. I, I think it's a fantastic deal. And I'm a, and I'm, and I'm on Vodafone. <laughs> yeah, well, the other thing that's worth, worth mentioning around um, what Two Degrees are doing there is that that also works with their family type arrangement. So you could you could say buy that fifteen gig uh, deal for seventy dollars, and then add on say one other person for twenty five dollars or right. two other people. I think it's twenty five dollars per head off yeah. off the top um, of my my memory. Uh, so. You know, in terms of having a, a shared data pool and so on, it um, seems pretty reasonable. Have one. you seen it in the? St- I think it's quite common in the states, from what I've seen with the adverts, to do those sort of family type plans where you can, you know, it, you can have four or five people all on one billing. But it's not yeah. so common here. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's be- other than it's that, be- it's, it has be- become, yeah. it's become yeah. more common in recent times across all of the networks. Mm. Yeah, um, and yeah, the, those those arrangements are, uh, are pretty enticing. I suppose the one thing I think people should take out of this is that you do need to, and this is something we do with our corporate stuff, and we don't have, we've only got five or six connections, but you do need to continually renew what the offerings are of the the different um, telcos. Yeah. I've got a building client who um, I said their bill looked way too high, and I went through, and they've just they just keep signing contracts, and they've never looked at reviewing, never looked at how much data they're using, or how many minutes, or anything like that. So it it is worthwhile. You know, spend some time, sit down, and go through those bills and look at what their offerings are, and go: Is there some money to be saved by swapping to a lower plan or going to a higher plan? So you're not paying overuse and those sort of things. Well, there's a bit of caution there because you know some of our listeners work for companies like Spark and Vodafone, and that actually helps pay the salary of some of those people. Uh, that there are people still on all plans. Yes. Yeah, In yeah. fact, I was talking to somebody the <laughs> other day uh, who was um, who was telling me about uh, somebody who was um, ex one of the uh, the aforementioned organisations, and um, well, they still have people on original Jetstream plans at uh, twelve hundred dollars. A month for an ADSL connection. That's mental. Um, right. Because an organisation somewhere, sometime, signed up signed for up it. That. Now we we know that today it's it's worth less than a, t- a tenth of that for uh, <laughs> uh, for that plan. I don't know whether it still has its original data cap of uh, six hundred megs or uh, you know whatever those things started on. Um, but yeah, that that is you know one of one of those uh, one of those realities and. Uh, you know, any any business that operates on a recurring, um, you know, a recurring model like that that maybe changes plans often has people that are on those sort of older grandfathered uh, plans. Unless you force people to to move along, sometimes it's in in the customer favour. Prices go up. Sometimes it's in the favour of the business if if they go down. Um, but I don't imagine there's 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 too many people paying a twelve hundred dollars a month for an ADSL connection. But uh, cheap as you'd hope so. Um, <laughs> But you know, it, it does say something about the way some organisations run their uh, telecommunications yep. and, and, and technology side. Uh, it's certainly part of, of of what you know my team at Gorilla do. You know, in terms of looking after uh, you know our, our client systems, as be looking across those uh, telco spends and, uh, and and seeing what can be improved and and changed and. Um, yeah, it's something where things do change pretty regularly. So definitely good for businesses to look at, uh, but also good for individuals to be keeping a uh, keeping a good uh, good track on.
Um, do you use a, a lot of um, For data? For me, it's a lot, a lot of data actually that comes through. So I'm usually on the go. So a lot of the personal hotspot and the Wi-Fi hotspots come through. Yeah. Um, so on my phone, on my laptop, and just connect to that together. Um, yeah. So 3G, 4G are quite a bit of it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I yeah. definitely agree. I mean, it's a fair, fair deal that two degrees has got out there. No yeah. Doubt. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, you know, good on two degrees for uh, for what they're, what they're doing. Um, yeah. It's... Um, yeah, hopefully we've kind of reached a, reached a reasonably good playing field. Although, N- Nate, I saw something around this, but you just mentioned it before that um, Vodafone putting some prepay plans up recently. Yeah, I, I think I saw a tweet about where um, the plans were going up, and the, the one that affects me specifically is they've got a sort of pay as you go. So there's no minutes, there's no data, there's no calling, and you just pay exactly for what you use. And um, without putting myself into trouble, I use mine for personal text messaging. And um, it was a one cent a message because I was on an unlimited for personal plan. text message. Personal text message. I'm not using any sort of gateway or anything. No, 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 no. You wouldn't be, would of course. No, no. As a developer, um, <laughs> but that's jumping up to ten cents, which is really annoying. So it's it's ten times the cost because I was on their ten dollar a month plan, I think, which gave me like a thousand texts, mm-hmm. but never hit that. So I was like, one cent a text. Who can complain? But now I'm complaining. Yeah, because yeah. it's ten times. Ten, ten times I know it's only ten cents, but. Some of us aren't on a poor Spain salary, so we can't, you know. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> here we <laughs> go. Um, all right. Well, now it's time for us to take a commercial break to uh, to pay for that. <laughs> um, actually, we, 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 we'll come back to uh, the commercial break a little, a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, there, there has certainly been a bit of discussion going on online um, around um, price increases and there's a few people um, asking some uh, some questions so what have I found what have I found um, so from 28th of September this year pay and go prepay uh, talk per minute prices will be 30 cents data will be unchanged and price per text will be 10 cents so that means that um, the talk per minute prices have gone up fifty cents from twenty cents mm-hmm. to thirty cents per minute on that plan, and um, text has gone up uh, well ten x. So um, quite a bit. That's <laughs> yeah. That, that's it's kind annoying. of large. Yeah, kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's about a nine hundred percent increase. There, so um, yeah, yeah. I can I can un- understand uh, a few people being being disappointed, but I guess they have to weigh these things up from time to time, and it's probably not a particularly common plan, and it's probably pretty hard for them to um, to maybe consider that they're actually breaking even. So yeah, I'd be curious to hear from others who may be using those plans in terms of how they how they use them if uh, yeah how disgruntled people are but yeah I guess ultimately there's always the option to go to another network right Nate there is and if you take a survey of the three of us the 30% of the uh, people in this room are disgruntled so these are (laughs) (laughs) it's a small survey (laughs) well I'm not yeah 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 all right (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but you already did also mention that for uh, your primary connection you'll be keeping it on vodafone because of their five dollar a day roaming so i I mm. do wish that vodafone would follow i'm i think there's a few networks in the uk that do it but i know three the network three you can roam outside the uk including uh, australia new zealand for no charge so you don't have to pay a $5 per day fee. Right. You can just go and use your minutes and even think as though you were at home, which I think is the dream. So I'm sure we'll get there, but... Yeah, there are some variations on that. I know Google's uh, Project Fi sort of operates uh, on that sort of basis, but you're really supposed to use some specific hand, you know, Google handsets to be using mm. it rather than... Although you can technically kind of get around it, but that, that gets a little bit messy. Um and T-Mobile and yeah, some of the other ones have, have similar types of things. Um, interestingly, for those that remember when we were speaking about um, roaming costs and the cost of data in Rarotonga um, being, being very, very high, I noticed that with um, Project 5 from Google, that is one of the countries that you can 
travel to and you pay your data at a flat rate of 10 US dollars oh. per gig. Um, so that's probably mm. the cheapest yeah. possible way I've seen of buying uh, buying mobile data in right. um, in in Rarotonga, and it's um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of kind of curious. I don't know whether that's it's a, such a small market. I wonder why they've targeted Rarotonga specifically. Well, what Project Fi does is they've tried to give you a sort of flat rate access virtually anywhere in the world. So there's something like 130 countries that you can use it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Project Five, very, very cool. Um, I've yeah, I've a few friends that uh, that utilise it, but it's um, it's it's got the the downside that you are fairly limited in terms of your uh, your handsets. In fact, mm-hmm. let's have a quick look here on my little search and see if I can get the details on which handsets that you need. I think the Nexus 6P off the top Ooh. of my head is one. Let's have a look. Oh, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> what handset hand- are you on? The Nexus 6P. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nate's going to move to a US number. Yeah, uh, so if anyone needs to get Nate going forward, um, yeah, he <laughs> will on, be on I... his Nexus 6P on a, a US number. Um, the Pixel and Pixel XL and the Nexus 5X. So those are the handsets that you can... Um, uh, you can use Project uh, Project Fi on, uh, but yeah, it is it is quite a um, quite a cool offering there from uh, from Google. Google so yeah. yeah, and yeah, good very cool, good value for around the world. Now I think we probably had some other topics to uh, to talk about as well today. So let's look at what is up next. Uh, Fitbit, they're finally launching kind of a, a real smartwatch, the Fitbit, Fitbit Ionic, uh, launching beginning of October. I think it's 300 US was the figure I saw, which by the time it lands in New Zealand and they add on um, the glorious services tax. Five grand. Um, or whatever it stands for. <laughs> Plus postage and handling. services tax. Uh, it lands at uh, just under $500 here in the New Zealand uh, market. Now it looks actually looks pretty uh, pretty slick, and I imagine that they're going to have all sorts of uh, accessories for it. Uh, but it, it comes with um, GPS, Wi-Fi, and uh, Bluetooth, NFC. So maybe there'll be um, uh, mobile payments and uh, and whatnot coming through. They're going to have their app gallery, uh, and they've already got a bunch of uh, bunch of deals and and uh, things underway there. Um, drawing from the acquisition of um, Pebble last year, who of course had the the Pebble. Pebble was the one that um, went broke, wasn't it? They was. was didn't didn't Pebble go broke? Or they uh, they they got they, well they got bought out. Um, I don't think they'd actually gone bust as such. Although my memory is a little bit hazy was, around that I time. They, was, they, they got shut down certainly yes, after yeah. they got yeah, acquired. Yeah. I didn't think that they were kind of um, you know completely. Um, stuck financially at that stage, but I don't think that they were doing incredibly well either. Put it that way. Because yeah. yeah, when I was originally looking at the uh, the meeting notes, I, I saw that and I thought oh, I thought they'd gone gone under, but no. Um, I was just did a quick Google search. No, they did. They filed for bankruptcy. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And Fitbit bought the remaining assets. So Fitbit's fine. Uh, it was, Fitbit, it was, Fitbit, was yeah, yeah. Okay. It was Pebble that about twenty three mil. Yeah. Okay. So well, there we are. So yeah. So they've obviously leveraged some of those some of those assets. Uh, but yeah, you know, a new new app store, um, and it, it's just going to be interesting to to see how this pans out for them. They do sell a lot of devices; they've got a strong brand, but it's somewhat challenging to uh, to go up against. Do you guys still think Apple? that the wearable market? I, I just is don't. Still- I don't feel that. Yeah, I just don't think it's catching on that well. I I had one. Of, I had the Sam, Samsung watch for ages, a Huawei watch, whatever. And the problem I had was I just kept forgetting to charge it. And I don't know if that's just me because I don't wear a watch normally. But I think the charging needs to be really easy. So I more more often than not, I do tend to wear a, um, a smart watch. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it is it always gives me accurate time there's right. my watch is never out yeah. by five seconds five minutes or anything it's just you've got the real time on your watch yeah. on your wrist all the time um it's not a necessity i also like the um uh, the alerts so it can be quite good for, mm-hmm. for notifications um 
there, there are a few things that's useful. I mean, the Apple Watch, you can do mobile payments just with a watch, mm-hmm. which yep. is actually is actually quite cool if um, you know, you're out and about and you actually want to leave everything else. Until, uh, until you go to one of the many dairies that says <laughs> no credit card, <laughs> no, credit. no uh, payway. Oh, yeah, boss, yeah. Like, yeah oh, we have a lot of a challenge with that in, uh, in New Zealand. I think that's one of the big things that's stopping me from moving you know, to that whole having just something on your phone is inevitably that one time you want to drink or yep. you're stuck somewhere and you're walking like thinking, great, you know, the payment's on my phone or it's on my watch. The, the merchant doesn't support payway and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, I wish I'd bought my wallet. Yeah, these things could be improved. Um, so with that new Fitbit, they've got um, AccuWeather, Starbucks, Pandora, also Strava, which is um, social uh, fitness uh, platform mm-hmm. very very popular with uh, with cyclists. So I, I imagine there'll be a bunch of people listening who would actually be quite interested uh, in this and, and maybe aren't you know too interested with um, uh, say being part of Apple's ecosystem, but they yeah they they're maybe already uh, using Fitbit. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, also, some other products that Fitbit have just announced. So they've got. Uh, fitness flyers, their uh, Bluetooth uh, earbuds, and uh, ability to uh, to you know do music playback and and phone calls and uh, you know all the usual the usual sort of stuff. Uh, they've got some new um, smart scales there as well. Um, I think there was something else they were announcing. So, but yeah, I think they've got a refresh of at least one of their other products as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's good to see them continuing to. Uh, yeah, produce products and and keep improving. Um, it would be it would be a bit sad if we didn't um, um, yeah keep a fair bit of activity going on in this wearable space because mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think both of you are right that the the wearables category isn't one that's maybe as um, as exciting as some predicted it, it would be but you know who knows how things will catch mm-hmm. on yeah. and. and and change over time. Now, another wearable that I thought we should mention, and only because I haven't come across this particular one before. Now, I have um, heard of sort of smart uh, collars for um, dogs before, and um, I remember a friend of mine uh, telling me about... um, a, a smart, uh, some sort of a, a well, it's maybe not super smart, but a, a collar that he had for his dog. Uh, that if the dog sort of you know left the property, there was kind of some you know senses if you went across a particular area, um, then it would get a you know hopefully not a, a too uncomfortable, but a little bit of a a little bit of a shock. <laughs> Come um, home and things malfunctioned here. <laughs> enough oh. for enough for it to learn that it shouldn't sort of cross you know, that cross, boundary. Cross that yeah. particular boundary. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not too sure because I didn't. I didn't wear one myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I don't. And I don't know about. Oh, if we, <laughs> only we had one. How if only we feel, had one so, here. Uh, we could put you know, it on we, Paul. Re- oh. Review it. Review it on. Um, you know, on somebody. But um, so I don't know how bad those things were. But yeah, he seemed reasonably comfortable that it was. It was okay for his dog, and it was better for his uh, dog's well-being not to get run over and so on for it to be wearing this. Um, but I had somebody uh, while I was in the US tell me about. Um, Link AKC, which they showed me the app on their uh, on their smartphone, and um, basically it's a uh, a collar for your dog that I believe has GPS in it and a SIM card, so it can communicate back. So you basically always know where your exactly where your dog yeah. is. But it's also working in a Fitbit-like way that you get all these stats around how much movement that um, you know that that your pet is, uh, or how much activity and so on during the day, and you know is uh, is your dog you know getting out and and getting exercise, or if you way away and somebody else is looking after your dog for you, are they taking your dog out for regular walks and and the like? So I thought that was rather interesting. Except when he went to look and realised that the data was out of date, and uh, his <laughs> partner had not plugged in and, right. <laughs> and actually charged um, uh, the link AKC. So um, yeah, anyone's interested in those, look them up at uh, linkakc.com. 
the the AKC standing for American Kennel Club. So I don't know about being able to um, get these outside of the um, the states at all. So I haven't sort of delved into that. Um, but in the US, they come um, around $180, US. And you do need some sort of service plan, I guess, because it carries a SIM card um, in it. So, yeah, kind of um, kind of interesting. Very cool. Either of you guys have uh, pets? I don't, don't have a pet, yeah. No? Uh, I've got a cat, but that's about it. Would you, if there was a, one of these available for your cat, would you want to know where your I'm cat was very, roaming to? You have a little map to see where it's going at it night? It's pretty worthwhile for a, for a cat, though, because, I mean, they are roaming around. Yeah, Dogs yeah. still stay at the house. So I'm like, really happy my wife doesn't listen to the podcast because I'd have one of these at our place before <laughs> I go home after this. But she might like to put one on you, mate. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I'd get shocked all times of the day just yeah. for giggles. Um... Right on to uh, on to other other topics. Um, drones. Mm. Anyone here have any sort of interest in uh, drones? I'd love to. I was talking to a friend about this a couple of weekends ago. I'd really love to have a service because I know if I buy a drone, I'll use it for a week or two, and then it'll be just another expensive toy that I'll mm. never use. I'd love to have a service where I could buy it. I oh, sorry, not buy it. I could use it for a week, get it out of my system, and then give it back and not have that whole buyer's remorse of I've wasted all this money on something I've used for a week. We do have somebody from a, um, a particular drone company who um, has offered to come on the show, so maybe we'll uh, we'll put that question to them in terms of uh, some sort of drone If they could go one option. better and actually, for example, the DJI ones, not only have the drone but also have the you know the headset, the goggles yeah, where you can look yeah. around, yeah, I'd, I'd hire it tomorrow. <laughs> Nice. Well, in that case, you could probably just do a VR version, um, yeah. Nate, if you're just going to look at it through a headset. True. The real drone doesn't actually need to be there. And you, you yeah. know, and it could be pre-recorded. You'd be, you'd be none the wiser. No, I'd have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Um, but no, the reason I wanted to chat about um, drones is that, th- that uh, it was in the news last week. I think uh, Reuters may have um, um, covered the story to start with. Shark detecting drones are um, going to be starting uh, out to patrol Australian beaches. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, basically, you got these drones that are out there taking uh, taking a lot of uh, footage and then feeding that um, that back to a drone operator who will then uh, be leveraging some. Um, AI software that will help identify um, sharks. The interesting thing in reading the story was it highlighted that um, their research indicates that humans only have 20 to 30% accuracy rate uh, when interpreting uh, the aerial images of the water as to whether they get right whether there's um, uh, sharks there or not. Whereas their detection software is ninety plus percent accurate, wow, yeah. so that shows a, a good example of how much smarter than us that um, yeah. the technology AI is, yeah. and you know how much sooner we are to being put out of jobs. <laughs> Not that I think there's too many people whose job is to, uh, to you know spot sharks. Is to spot sharks um, <laughs> from, from above. For, fortunately. <laughs> Um, but you know, if any of our listeners are you know worried about losing your job because that's what you do, um, you know, definitely drop us a tweet and um, <laughs> uh, we'll see if we can suggest some uh, some alternative employment for you. Um, is this uh, is this going to be helpful? Could we use it in New Zealand? I don't think we've we don't have the no, concentration of sharks no, that Australians no, exactly. do. I don't. I but didn't think we've we've had some we've had some deaths here, including at uh, Piha Beach. And, yeah, yeah, you know, not too is. recent yes, or not yeah. too distant times. Yeah, so I imagine a few people would be um, would be a bit more relaxed knowing that we had this type of technology, but certainly Australia, where there's a, a lot more yeah. shark deaths yeah. in New Zealand, that'd I mean, be pretty it's, handy. it is really great to see drones being used that way because I mean you've seen drones with deliveries and whatnot, and it just hasn't gone that far. Hmm. This really does make sense. You can see it implemented straight away. Um, it's not something for the future. Yeah. No. Would they be too noisy? Would it be annoying being at the beach and being buzzed by drones? Uh, no, I don't think so because that drone's going to be uh, a little bit out to sea and I'm assuming that it's the waves crashing are probably going to be 
louder. My thing would be, what happens when the drone, drone jams or runs out of power? Yeah, I mean, you know, drones, drones doesn't, doesn't get back to base. Well, it does back surfing, and you, back to yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't have to worry. As a surfer, yes, you yeah. stop worrying about shark attacks. You worry about drone Drones attacks, on, right? Yeah. It's like, well, we got rid of this one issue, and now we're finding that uh, ten people a year are killed by drones hitting them in the head. <laughs> That'd I, be a bummer, wouldn't it? I find that absolutely amazing that we are really crap at picking out sharks and computers. Absolutely amazing. I. If you'd said the two stats and said which pick the computers and the humans, I would have thought it would be the other way around. Mm. I would have thought humans would be really good at picking up all the, but obviously not. We're we're not good shark hunters. Well, uh, the, the hunting's a different a different story. I think it's I mean it's the angle, isn't it, from above? Mm. It's pretty easy side on to to, yeah. to spot that fin, yeah. but when you're looking down, I suppose, I, wonder, I wonder if it's a a, a mixture of the colour, the the pattern of movement. The size, the, I don't know, whatever else. Now, gadgets. We do like to talk about new gadgets on the show. and Oh, that's quite cool. Sorry, I'm just playing with one of the new gadgets uh, here. Uh, we have the new uh, Oppo R11 here, which is an Android handset. Uh, I think Android uh, 7.1. That is just launching into the market here. Now, what's unusual about this is it's got some uh, some pretty capable uh, cameras on it, and I mean, we we do usually expect from the the lower cost brands, sort of below the the Samsung and the Apple, to get some sort of standout uh, features for. Uh, for your money um the oppo has uh dual lenses on the back a 20 megapixel and a 16 uh megapixel um that allows it to do some some nice stuff as we as we've been starting to see from other um other phones with uh with dual uh cameras um it's also got a 20 megapixel on the front so i think that's the first phone that we've seen that's oh, yeah. actually got 20 megapixel front and back uh, fingerprint reader, all the all the usual sorts of uh, bits and bits and pieces, uh, octa core uh, processor, and uh, and so on. Um, I'll just fire it over. Here we go. Um, so, any any thoughts on uh, on on this? Well, I mean, do you want to explain just what, our, what's just our just our first uh, first look? But I mean, in terms of it as a styling and a feel and a, and a yeah. sort of build. I mean, it used to be when you got lower-cost handsets that they actually felt reasonably yeah, no, reasonably low-cost, no, right? definitely don't feel it with this, not at all. Is it fair Because do, do many of the listeners know much about the Oppo brand? Um, that's, that's a good point. I mean, we've certainly talked about them before. Why don't you... Because uh, they, they, they tend to do, from what I've seen, and I've been a couple of their, or one of their launches, is yeah. they, they are definitely down the lower end of cost. Yes, but yeah. some of the stuff they come out with, you would really struggle to pick that they are a low-cost mm. uh, mobile phone producer. Would that be fair to say, Paul? Yeah. Um, and what, what we saw... Uh, was it a uh, week or uh, maybe only been a week ago? It was certainly in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks. We, we were talking about market share of uh, handset makers in India, and um, and Oppo was uh, you know was one of those that seemed to be uh, you know climbing up yeah. the ranks. And yeah, I guess it's you know it's, it's this sort of um, you know uh, pricing that uh, that helps you do that, uh, especially in a, in a very competitive market like that. But yeah, the, I mean the uh, the R11 does seem to get uh, get pretty good uh, pretty good uh, reviews on the uh, on the downside um, micro USB connection, which is that's actually pretty unusual in a top end smartphone yeah. today. Usually, it's always USB C. Um, oh, easy to find chargers though, I suppose with USB. If you're at someone's place, they've probably got micro USB kicking say. around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are still at that point, but. Um, yeah, I'll have a device that'll plug in. I'm tending to find now that, that I very have very little use for micro USB uh, at my desk because mm. mostly all the new phones that are coming in are, uh, are USB C. But right. yeah, it's uh, I mean it's not it's not a it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly a few things that r- reviewers pull out. No NFC in it, which is quite quite unusual. Mm. Um, the 
you know the sort of price point they're coming in at seven sixty nine. Um, you know, but overall you're uh, you're around half the price of um, you know of some of the the top phones from. Um, other handset makers, so I suppose the argument yeah, you, would be you've got to find that there's there's going to be some um, um, some shortcomings, you know, for uh, for coming in at that price. Is it is it going to be a deal breaker though? That okay, it's got no NFC. You're using micro USB. Um, we tried before with the burst mode with the camera, which only get twenty shots, whereas the Samsung would do hundred. Are these going to be deal breakers for a phone that's half the cost of? Like if you're buying a phone for say your better half or your parents. Would they go, well, it hasn't got an EFC. Actually, you are a terrible son. Well, sometimes people, you'll find people are put off by a brand that they're not so familiar with. So True. it's a little bit harder from that sort of traction yeah. perspective if you're, if you're giving that away. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they're, 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 there are things. But I think the price point in terms of what you get is, yeah, it's fairly reasonable for the money. 5.5-inch screen, so... We'll have a talk about the um, the Note Eight that we've got here as well in a minute, um, but that's um, only fractionally bigger as a handset. It's slightly uh, slightly smaller, um, but of course uh, a much uh, a much bigger screen. So yeah, there are there are definitely some um, some reasonably big differences, but. In terms of what would actually, yeah, for, take, for take price boxes for a lot of yeah. people, um, it's not a. You know, it doesn't doesn't seem like a, a bad uh, a bad option. Not at all. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. I th- lot, yeah. I think they fit in a really nice part of that market. You're maybe not so c- c- uh, clued on consumer who who wants a phone, wants a bit of a bigger screen, a nicer camera. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't even know what NFC is, if they're honest. Yeah. Micro USB, great. It still works like my old Android phone, mm. and I'm not having to shell out, you know, what's some top phone like a Google Pixel at sixteen hundred bucks or eighteen hundred bucks, whatever yep. ridiculous price point they are. I think they do fit a nice part of that market where you're just not comfortable spending those big dollars, and you're happy to potentially sacrifice some of those features that aren't really that high in your on your list. Mm. Mm. Um, now. I should uh, I should mention for any that are um, um, that are googling the uh, Samsung Galaxy Note Eight, there is uh, which we're going to talk about now. There is another uh, product which has a very similar title, which is a Samsung Galaxy Note Eight Point um, A tablet, and that is a is an eight eight inch tablet. Uh, tablet from Samsung uh, that was launched about four and a half years ago and uh, if you yeah, if you google that you'll notice it looks uh, it looks a fair bit different from the um, from the the galaxy note 8 that we're going to talk <laughs> about exactly now exactly the same um, which um, was unveiled uh, last week and becomes available um, in uh, in September I think 21st is the uh, uh, the launch date here uh, in New Zealand. Now this is... And you've somehow got one. <laughs> this well, we're not supposed a, to talk about how you've got one. Um, this is a stunning handset. It is very I nice. Think, I think it's, you know, it's, it's fair, to, uh, fair to say. So, I mean, they're drawing on, and I've got the... Um, it's a lot longer. My, it's a lot um, more portrait S8. than I expected. It's slightly, Because yeah. my wife's got um, the no... I can't remember which version of the note she's got. And that's definitely a lot fatter. Yeah, than yeah. that, and it, it just yeah, it feels a lot. I don't know. Well, bigger. it's like the Galaxy S8, and that you've got the screen that goes side to side, and it goes very close to the top of the phone, very close to the bottom of the phone. What it does mean is you still have what we saw with the S8 and the S8 Plus, is that your fingerprint okay. reader is on the back near the camera. Mm. I'm I'm not super stoked with that. That's that's one of the very few sort of issues I've got with it as a um, as a handset. And also taking um, so my suggestion for that when the uh, the S eight came out was it would have been nice to have the the um, the power button that's on the side as a fingerprint reader, but that wouldn't have wouldn't have really worked right. with their design. That's how Sony do it with some of their Xperia's, and I really like it. Um, and you know we we use an Xperia in the family, and um, yeah, just the fact you pick it up and that's where your your thumb naturally kind of goes yeah. on the yeah. side uh, works quite well. That said, um, the um, uh, forefinger 
usually lands pretty close to where that fingerprint reader is on the on the back. Uh, it's just getting used to it and making sure you don't smudge your uh, finger across camera, the the camera. The, the yeah. camera. Um, so yeah, you do get used to that pretty quick. I've got to say. Um, but yeah, very very slick phone, and what it adds on the rear is dual camera, much like what we have um, on the iPhone. Uh, I was going to say eight plus. I'm jumping yeah, no, ahead. The, the seven, the seven, the seven plus, and and the dual camera that's on the uh, the the seven plus. Um, but a yeah, really uh, a really slick uh, handset overall. Um, now yeah, you've got. All the sorts of things that you would expect, I think, coming with a global um, sort of with well, the base storage of sixty-four uh, gigs. You can expand it with micro SD. It's got a good size, uh, thirty-three hundred milliamp hour battery, six gigs of RAM, uh, which is uh, is fairly impressive. Fairly decent. Um, it's got the iris scanner, like we saw uh, on the S8. The front camera is an eight megapixel uh, camera, um, but yeah, pretty good in low light, as is the uh, the rear uh, 12 megapixel uh, cameras. Now, the second camera operates, uh, has a sort of telephoto type lens, so it's a two-time zoom. So they're very similar to what we see um, on the, the iPhone um, 7 Plus, but this has the stylus with it, so that's always been the differentiator. Whoops, that's, that's Bixby talking to us. So um, I just haven't haven't, spent, turn it off. haven't spent much time with uh, Bixby yet, but it is, is worth pointing out that um, Samsung now have Bixby working as a voice assistant. So to start with, it didn't have the voice capability. Right, right. It's still getting there in its ability to work with different accents. So it's mostly uh, probably American. geared up at this stage around the American uh, accent. So um, just worth being aware of that. But I imagine that's something they'll be uh, they'll be working on. Um, but I did want to talk about the screen size uh, you're talking about a 6.3 inch screen on this so it is it is ginormous and some people may remember when um, we had tablets launching into the market tablets not you know large phones but yeah. tablets uh, with 6 inch 7 inch and 8 inch screens well you know this is between those two uh, bottom sizes in a phone that um, you know it, it actually feels reasonably comfortable uh, you know to wrap your hand around um, and and to utilize now personally I prefer a slightly smaller phone but I think the long when, screen does make it slightly unusual, though. I, I feel that personally. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. What do you think yeah. of the material down the, the side and the back? Because it's not your, you know, sort of traditional aluminum or aluminium case or whatever else is, you know. Is it some sort of glass or no? Yeah, it's, um, I, I think. To me, um, it feels a little bit rubbery. Like, it feels like it's got a case on it. Like, it, it doesn't feel, you know, when you get some of those bigger phones, they feel quite hard to, mm. to hold on to. You can mm. quite easily drop it. Well, Whereas that one doesn't seem to, it feels a lot, like, stickier. Yeah, it's a little bit different from the S8, and you've kind of got this flat edge on the sides to a degree. It curves off, and then it's flat. Mm. And it was that flat edge that made me think, oh, that would have been easier on this for them scanner, to go yeah. with that fingerprint scanner on the, on, on the side because they didn't need to have quite such a small button. Um, but but they haven't, um, and it's got that dedicated uh, Bixby key for the AI assistant on there, um, on there as well. Now, I haven't had a really good chance to look at this. There's lots of uh, info online already, um, so yeah, lots more lots more info to come. Now we do have a New Zealand price, and I'm just actually trying to remember uh, what it is. Let me just uh, let me just have a look. Do you know if it's if launching across it. all the telcos? Or is it the retailers? Or um, if you want to buy one, where can you get one from? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is launching. Uh, it is launching across all three telcos in in New Zealand. Um, what am I seeing here? No, I need to. I need to double check that uh, the the pricing of it. Um, I can't can't see it at the moment, but it's not out of, you know out of line with their uh, with their other offerings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Now on to uh, what other things have we got to uh, to to chat about? Um, Uber, mm. new CEO coming in. So we're just really waiting for uh, 
for an official announcement from from Uber, but all the media uh, seem to be pretty clear that there is a new CEO in town. Um, what do we know, guys? Yeah, no. What have you heard? Well, the last Uber CEO was <laughs> not so good. Travis Kalanick. Travis, He's, yes. uh, well, he, he got Uber to where it is, but he yes, did it with yeah. um, what many would say are some pretty dodgy uh, practices. But it's even that, didn't he, yeah. didn't he jump in an Uber and actually abuse the Uber driver or, or something like that? So he did something in an Uber car and you're like, you're the CEO, surely <laughs> maybe he'd forgotten he, he maybe thought he was from Lyft um, and thought, I'll take this, this Uber I'll dude on. But, same. yeah, he was not winning favours with anyone. And yeah. He had to go. He really did have to go. So hopefully problem is he owns a very large chunk of the shares and of uh, controlling the, still, the voting. Still it, yeah. um, all, although there, there is... Um, yeah, there's a, there's a, a, a big fight going on there between him and... Uh, and the other uh, shareholders, I think. And I remember when the when some of his uh, more public sins came out, there was a lot of people. And I'm, well, this is on Twitter, so it is a small section of the New Zealand public. But were saying that you know they were swapping to Zoomy, which is their big competitor here in NZ, because yeah. they were just so unhappy with Uber and and their internal culture and all sorts of stuff that was happening internally. So hopefully, with this new CEO there. Their culture improves. I'm a massive fan of Uber. I use it. I was in Sydney um, in the last week, used Uber heavily there. I'm going to the US next week. I'll be using Uber everywhere for the month. Uh, use Uber here in NZ. It just, it, I find it, it's a fantastic platform and I'm a big fan of it. So hopefully a bit of a CEO change, cultural change, and they'll actually, you know, stop being... Yeah, because so I mean, the new CEO comes from, of course, Expedia, and he, he's, he's been there from 2005 onwards, so, so definitely has a lot of experience coming through. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, we'll, we'll just have to, uh, have to see how that goes. So the new CEO, I'm going to have a go at his name, uh, Dara <laughs> Kazral-Shahi is the new CEO uh, at Uber, according to all the media reports. Mm. So, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, apparently, Meg uh, Whitman... Um, from um, yeah, HP was uh, was also in in the lineup, but uh, but got trumped. So we will um, we'll we'll see what actually happens uh, happens there with sort of formal announcements over the next uh, few days. But it does um, seem as though change is afoot at at Uber, and uh, yeah, hopefully change change for good. Because as Nate says, I think you know a lot of us rely on uh, Uber. Mm-hmm. And they were certainly very helpful uh, when I was in the U.S. last week. I needed uh, something delivered ac- across uh, Los Angeles so that I had, didn't have to go and do a return, um, you know, journey myself to pick it up. And uh, and I I used Uber in in that case as well as sort of to from airport and, and various things and uh, and and quite useful. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's hope this all all. Ends up well, yes. All right, um, or that another company comes along to fill their uh, fill their place. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm actually not too too bothered uh, which it is. Now on to I was going to dive in, but I think we we're not going to have enough time to sort of talk about it. A couple of little interesting stories that I heard about Uber uh, in the US, and so we will um, we might hold those up for uh, for for the next episode. Because I am, um, I'm very keen to hear about lazy ass, uh, especially as you're here, Arya man. Yep. So, how many, um, uh, how many times maybe... have you used, used lazy ass there, Paul? <laughs> um, well, not as much as you, Nate, because I haven't, uh, haven't tried the service yet. Um, it's probably because underst- you're not as lazy as I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I understand you're an avid fan, um, Nate. Yeah, and this is this. Yeah, I had no idea that this was going to be paired this way. So, yeah, no. big fan of lazy ass, and I've used it. Uh, Primary, I'm a big fan of Fatimas and Ponzabi, and we're just my wife and I are just too lazy up and get it, so we're quite lazy. So we jump on the Lazy Airs app and get our food delivered to our house. It's fantastic. So we did sort of a semi intro there. Um, yeah. Ariaman, can you maybe give us a, give, a, give, yeah, a, give yeah. us a little bit of a Not rundown a job. Um, <laughs> on you know how you came into the market here? Who were your competitors when you came in? Yep. What does it What does it all look like yeah. now? And uh, you know. 
what your plans are for the future. Exactly. So like Nate said, um, you can get food delivered. That's one of the things. Uh, but it is an online marketplace. So you can go on it as a user um, and you can get anything delivered from food to grocery to fashion. Um, and the idea is to make everything accessible and on demand. Uh, so it's, it's done run through an app or the website. We've got drivers, around 50 of those right now as I speak in the, in the city. Um, and they'll be picking up the products, getting it delivered over to, to wherever you really want under the hour. Uh, and so it started back in August last year, uh, grown from there, and we did our funding round back in November, uh, so about six months ago. Uh, so that helped us kind of push through with, with advertising and getting the new app launched out. Uh, so the new app competes with the likes of Uber Eats, but adds on with more functionality, um, such as, let's say, Amazon having that sort of marketplace come through. Good. And um, we had another company that was in this in this space yep, who were yep. on the podcast um, around the time that they launched Um, what do you you know about that right so in regards to that I think they they, they launched actually about a year before us uh, and and they were fairly doing well but this is Urban Sherpa this is Urban Sherpa yeah Yeah. Um, so I mean we of course came into the market much later than them about a year later uh, but really what we did was we were undercutting them on price and our price and model was cheaper because we were more efficient and we could do it more efficiently. Uh, so that did mean that a lot of the stores that were connected with them passed on to us, and we've done a, done a good job of, of handling that. Uh, so Urban Ship, I don't believe, is, is running anymore, uh, and, and we're kind of running the market right now. In so does that, does that leave you concerned that somebody else could come in and try um, and undercut you and yeah, no, do I something think, a little bit different? Or? Yeah, no, two parts to that. A, um, we've developed some really good technology in terms of our delivery software, which, which is very hard to compete with, especially for a New Zealand, let's say, um, based competitor coming in and investing that money back in. Uh, the second part is... Um, we're just we're just much much more further into the game. So we have those network of drivers, we have those network of stores, um, and anybody else coming into the market would just be playing catch up. Uh, so so really that that's where we stand. Yeah. So you're pretty confident, fairly confident. Yes. Yeah. Right. So um, how how does it look? How do you actually use the lazy ads yeah. surface? Um, service? Really very simple. You get on the app or the website. Uh, you'd have a list of stores, about 250 or so in the city. Uh, and those are things like, of course, you've got a list of food stores, uh, but you've also got things like flowers and pharmacies, um, Countdown, let's say, for example. And you're able to simply choose and pick whatever you want. You'll have an items list and purchase it. And, you know, 30 or so minutes later, you have that you have those or that item delivered over to you. So it's fairly right. simple. So you, you can, can do countdown. As, I don't know if I'm even going to leave my house. So, so how, anything really. how, <laughs> how would it work for, um, say, a pharmacy? Can you get them to pick up prescriptions for you? Things you like can, that? Yes, what yes. about alcohol? Can you yep. get it to pick up? Uh, so in, in the case of alcohol, um, we've just restricted that use uh, just to make sure because, you know, the regulations are met and we were playing it safe. Uh, so you, you currently users still have to order it at the store before we can pick it up. Uh, but we are connecting with a few alcohol delivery companies uh, that'll allow us to actually do that. So in about two or three weeks, you'll be able to get onto it, order alcohol, and again delivered over to you thirty minutes or so later. Yeah. Wow. And um, what about groceries? Because that would be that could be type, yeah. quite time consuming if somebody it is yeah yeah you know, asks you to pick up. Uh, you know, what what might take them that's 45 right. minutes to walk around a store and you're going to deliver it to them for, what, $7? Yes, that's how, right. How, yeah. how does that so, actually so, I mean, grocery is a huge market that we've realized. There's about at least 30 or 40% of our orders now is actually grocery um, and from Countdown or whatever it is. Uh, but the idea is what we're looking into is actually working a lot more on groceries as, as a model. And what we're looking at is we'll have, of course, a delivery side being paid, but we'll also have um, so-called workers let's say, at that grocery store collecting the products in advance so the driver can simply pick it up. Um, so that is something we're working on because time efficiency is a problem with grocery, unlike food or something which can already be picked up. Um, but you probably see that in a month or two coming through. Uh, but grocery is definitely a market we want to expand into, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. I think if I, the thing I like about the lazy ass platform is when, you know, when I was looking at it and you compare it to your Uber Eats. So the thing with Uber Eats for anyone who hasn't used it is the, the restaurants or the takeaway places have to sign up to Uber Eats. So if they're not part of that platform, you can't yeah. order from them, which is very frustrating. It's, but the nice thing with lazy ass is, as far as I know, it, pretty much any food place can, can I, could, delivered, I, yeah. Could, yeah. I could think of. Like when, I, when we were ordering Fatima's, we'd ring them up, make our order, then jump on the Lazy Airs app and go, this is the order, this is the name. And yeah, within and, and the food was still hot when it got to our place, which was fantastic. And it would be dropped off. And it's so much where you know, it's cold and windy outside or the, or the kids are playing up and you're like, look, I really just can't be bothered trying to get out there, trying to find a car park in Ponsonby as well, which is really hard. Um, it's just for seven bucks, just get someone else to do it. Like, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay. I'm... I sound like I'm like one of these shareholders or, or part of their board. Yeah, this, this has worked out. Well. <laughs> okay, I am going to mention. I wasn't going to talk about this thing about Uber, but now you've just mentioned this, this, oh, here this parking Great. aspect. So, what came out of one of my discussions with an Uber driver in the US mm-hmm. is there's now this thing where people are teaming up to do Uber, mm-hmm. um, and it's from a social perspective. So, let's say, um, let's say, yeah, a couple of students want to spend some time hanging out, catching up yeah. on the weekend or something, what they will do is they will go and do um, – they'll sign up for Uber Eats and they'll spend their you know, afternoon hanging out on a Saturday afternoon or whenever it is or on an evening. Um, but they're getting paid for that time because they'll actually go and pick up Uber Eats orders and one of them will stay in the car – to go and pick up the order from the store so they don't have to find a park, then the other one will come back and then they do a similar thing at the uh, at the destination. So there oh, it's I guess it's a little bit like the old sort of, yeah. you know, babysitting thing. You know, someone goes to do babysitting and they're kind of getting paid and then they'll invite a friend over to hang out with them while they're babysitting and the kid's gone to sleep <laughs> yeah. and they're basically getting paid for to, 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 yep. to you know social them, social out, yep. time. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. I don't know if anybody's um, done that here yeah. um, in New Zealand. Um, through uh, out of curiosity, I clicked through on a couple of the options in in uh, an Uber Eats email, and I'm now uh, virtually signed up to be an Uber Eats delivery driver. Um, which, <laughs> so why are you sitting here? You better jump in the car. We'll, we'll, I was, we'll finish off without you. <laughs> I was curious about the process, um, which brings me to the other one from Uber, which was. Um, uh, apparently, a student jumping into an Uber and realizing the driver was his school principal. Uh, ah, oh, wow. oh, okay. awesome! <laughs> Earning some money on the side. So, uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, okay, so um, back to lazy ads. Yep. So, what what's the the next phase of it? Where where do you expect it to go? You're operating here, yep. Auckland, sort of fifty so drivers. Uh, is this something we'll see growing around the country definitely, and definitely. other other markets internationally? Yep. Um, so really the idea is New Zealand's kind of the, the test market to an extent uh, and we're able to show that growth and everything. The model itself is, is, is fairly profitable considering it's Auckland which is not maybe the best market for on-demand uh, but we are expanding out to let's say North Shore, Remuera in the next two weeks or so and from there on we'll go over to Wellington and Christchurch and whatnot. So the idea is we'll be raising about another round in two or so months in October and that will allow us for completing national experience expansion in New Zealand to those cities uh, and, then, and then moving over to somewhere like Australia, Japan, where these markets again, um, there's nothing like that where you can get anything and everything delivered uh, so so definitely that's that's what we're looking for yeah. Right, so that next funding round that you're talking about, yep. uh, maybe in October what sort of money are you going to be uh, needing to look a, for? Around 500 to a million, looking around that line um, just raising that and then going ahead with it, yes. yeah. Oh, that's, that's really exciting Now, what are your thoughts on uh, Amazon? Yep Say in markets like Australia, where yep. they're, they're they're just Already opening up, coming over to New Zealand, I mean, even in here, and so, yeah. yeah, they're 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 going right. to keep expanding. Yep. Uh, and of course, there, you know, there are other sort of players yep. in the space, but y- you know, you can you can see that they will um, uh, they'll try and com- you know cross into these you know, sorts of things with, and have, their, doubt, have their own sort I, of I offerings. Do you do you think they'll come into this specific area of sort of being um, able to work with with all see, um, retailers? See, even if they do, I think I think it's it's really a really a good thing because a lot of your smaller retailers don't have an online platform. Lazy as would give that to them. So if Amazon comes in and a lot of people feel threatened, you know, that may be something like, say, Hallenstein's even with their fashion um, offering, they can jump onto the platform. So I think it would just drive more people onto the platform. And, of course, Kiwis uh, would, would probably use something which is New Zealand owned and, you know, the money's going back to retailers and local stores. Mm. Uh, so I, I wouldn't feel too, too shaken by that. Of course, it's going to be a competitor out there, but I think, I think you can handle it, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. All right, well, that's us for this episode. Um, and next week, we will be uh, revealing a new sponsor on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. So um, I'll just give you a little heads up on that one. Um, but that's us for this week. So, guys, where do we track you down online? Nate, you're usually pretty easy to find. Oh, just Nate on Twitter is probably the best way. Yeah. Yep. Um, and for me, Ariman. I believe it's Facebook. Then, uh, so just search me up, Ariman on Facebook. Yeah. So. Yep. How do, how do you spell? How do you spell? How do you spell that? it? A R Y A M A N. Uh, so. Yep. yep. I suppose also worth pointing out, lazy as is spelled L A Z Y A Z. Yeah. Not not an S. So yeah. Z at the end. 
Just it's a lazy spelling, isn't it? <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, that, that's us for this episode. Uh, people would like to track me down online, uh, Paul Spain on uh, Facebook or Twitter or uh, LinkedIn. Um, have just started putting some of my videos up on LinkedIn. So if you prefer to follow me there rather than on Facebook for my weekly videos, then uh, absolutely welcome to uh, to do so. Uh, and you can always email me um, paul.spain at gorillahq.com. And that's me. That's us for uh, for this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. And we'll be back again next week. Thanks, everyone. Right. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.